Hey, Parenting Beyond Discipline listeners, ready to create a home that fosters love, warmth, and style? Look no further than Home Threads, your partner in crafting a nurturing environment. At HomeThreads.com, explore a thoughtfully curated collection of furniture designed for families who believe in positive parenting. From cozy reading nooks to durable playroom essentials, our pieces are crafted to enhance your parenting journey. HomeThreads has an incredible selection of furniture, decor, and accessories like throw pillows, blankets, to snuggle under for family movie nights, or reading time that helps you create the warm, cozy home that is the foundation for happy family memories. I love all the great pieces I've gotten from Home Threads to finish the look in my home. Gorgeous yet durable and cozy accent throw pillows, blankets, and some really cute wall decor. I have an ocean theme throughout my downstairs, so I got a couple of really great wall pieces to finish that look. And some picture frames for the family photos. Visit homethreads.com slash parenting today and get a code for 15% off your order. That's homethreads.com slash parenting to get your code for 15% off your order because great parenting deserves a great home. Home Threads, love where you live. Welcome to the Your Village podcast, Parenting Beyond Discipline. Your Village is the most comprehensive site for evidence-based parenting classes available on demand at yourvillageonline.com. Our 50 plus classes give parents the foundation, steps and tools for creating strong, healthy relationships with their children, resulting in responsible, cooperative, happy and successful children and families. My goal is to help parents support their children in finding and reaching their own unique potential. The podcast is a place to learn about all things parenting and get your questions answered. I'm your village founder and your host, Erin Royer. Hello, everyone. So here we are hurtling towards the beginning of 2021. Now, I'm not much of a New Year's resolutions kind of gal. I'm usually someone who tries to self-assess and then adjust regardless of the time of year that it is. This is a constant thing with me. And actually, one of the things that drew me to Judaism is the particular holiday dedicated to exactly this, like I've never seen in any other spiritual or religious practice that I am aware of. Now, obviously, I am not a religious scholar by any means, but I did explore a lot of spiritual paths over the years. Judaism captured my attention. Now, it seems like I'm going off on a tangent here. I probably am a little bit, but I'm going to come back to this, so just bear with me for a minute. Um, the High Holy Days, Rosh Hashanah, followed by Yom Kippur, the Jewish New Year, followed by eight days leading to Yom Kippur, where we are called on to think deeply about ourselves, our choices, our shortcomings, both active and passive, what we should have done that we didn't, what we did that we should have handled differently. So one of the things that really drew me into that spiritual path. Now, as the first part of today's episode, I'm going to talk about my goals and my reasons for those heading into 2021, including those around parenting, followed by a question from a mom whose daughter seems to give up easily, even on things she desperately wants to accomplish, which seems to fit perfectly with today's theme, setting our own goals, but then also supporting our children with theirs, even when they struggle, to what degree we can handhold or encourage and how to do this, how this can fit in with our own goals and resolutions as 
parents. So I just thought this would be a nice topic to cover for today. Now there's no denying that 2020 was such a vastly different year. For me, and I think likely a lot of us, I spent a lot of my days and weeks just trying to get from one day, one week to the next. Get done what I needed to get done, help my kids stay on track or get on track. And as I've mentioned, I fell short for sure in that arena. I wanted to find enough energy and mental fortitude to work on my fitness when and where I could. It was a one foot in front of the other type of year. I took hiatuses from fitness. I took hiatuses from staying on track with a lot of things. I've done a lot of introspection too, though, about my own goals, about where I want to see my life and what I learned about myself in a much more big picture kind of way, my strengths, my weaknesses. But because of this, this just get through the day as best you can type of year, the give your family the best you have for today type of year, there was very little actionable goal setting on my part this year. Everything was so up in the air. I'm not sure what there was to set. And so I just got through each day most of the time. So here we are at the end of 2020. I've gained much strength through all the ups and downs I've endured this year. So now I do feel like it's time to take stock of all of that. Push myself to the next level for 2021. Take all that work, all that foundation, that deep inner work for big picture stuff that I really worked on this year. Who I am, what makes me me, what makes me strong, where do I struggle? Set some goals both big and small and incremental along the way. Some of these goals are personal and some are parenting goals too and I'm going to share these with you. I talk a lot about tips and tools and way to work with our kids. These are all great, all helpful, and I know really appreciated by many of you who write and tell me how much it's changed your parenting and your relationships. But parenting is also about the relationship we have with ourselves. The example that we set for our kids about the importance of making ourselves some kind of priority and about making sure that we refuel so that we have more energy to give to the family too. So I wanted to share my process with you and the goals that I came up with and why. I hope they will give you a platform, some insights and ideas, and places to start for doing this for yourself for 2021 if this is something that's calling to you right now. So first, I can't figure out how and where I want to improve if I don't take a look at where I fell short or where I struggle. And I divide these into three categories. My three P's, I'm going to call them. Personal professional, and parenting. And even though parenting can be considered personal, maybe professional could be too, I suppose, I consider personal goals about changes in goals for myself personally. So I split those up. Personal goals for this year are about balance for me. This is going to be my overarching theme for the year, balance. So my initial goals may sound cliche, but just hear me out. Nutrition. Nutrition has long been one of my biggest struggles. I don't eat horribly, but I'd give myself a six and a half out of 10 maybe this year. I ate too much sugar, too many processed foods, not enough fresh fruit and vegetables. I didn't like waiting in the line at the grocery stores just to get in. It was a tough year. And I can and I do blame COVID a little bit for my worsening nutrition, even worse than usual. But I do need to take that responsibility. I made choices. I fell into bad habits or worse habits than what I already had before. So eating better is one of my personal goals for this year or next year. <laughs> Losing weight. Yes, the cliche number one goal is one of mine. What can I say? My bad diet has led to some increased poundage and I feel so much better when I'm lighter and leaner. 
So it's on my list. Fitness. My focus for fitness is also about balance. I'm burned out right now on riding my bike in my living room. It's on a trainer. I don't ride the bike around the house in circles. I hate swimming in the winter. Outdoors, cold and wet and many times windy. All our pools here are outside. I hate it. So I'm not going to feel guilty about skipping swimming for the next couple of months. Instead, I've decided to spend more time on some weight training, stretching, and yoga. I am one of the most inflexible people I know, and that's not good. It makes me more prone to injury, so I'm switching my focus a bit. I'm going to minimize, maybe even reduce completely the swimming, focus on some weights, some stretching, and yoga. Now, neither of these are my favorite either, the stretching and yoga, but it is an important piece to valving my body, and this is a really good time for me to put some focus on that. Style. I've barely been out of the house in running shorts, cycling shorts, yoga and sweatpants now that it's winter the whole dang year. So I've decided I'm going to get my lean body back. I'm going to update my wardrobe so I can feel good, feel sexy when I can finally go out in public again and be around people. I want to feel good. I want to look good. So that's another personal goal. Okay, I'm going to spare you the business goals other than getting back to posting two to three videos a week for YouTube, but basically my goal is just to grow enough to at least be able to support my own household and finally buy my own property. It's been nice to all be in the same household through the pandemic, but the time for moving more forward towards separate lives is coming soon and I want to be ready for that. Actually, you know what? I'm going to share one of my bigger business goals also, and that is to create a show based on helping families. I'd especially love to help families through the divorce process who are dealing with that, to work through the tough stuff and connect as strongly as possible for the best outcome for the kids and really for everyone. My life is so much easier because my parenting partner is still my friend. We still support each other's goals and we support each other's relationships with our kids. Even though we aren't romantically connected any longer, our work on ourselves and together helps our kids see a very positive example of relationships even when they go, don't go the way you planned. So I would love to have a show where I help guide other families in doing the same. So if you happen to be a reality show producer and this is an intriguing show concept to you, please reach out to us, podcast at yourvillageonline.com or amy at yourvillageonline.com. I'm not kidding. You can't get it if you don't ask, right? So I'm asking. Anybody out there interested? Hit us up. Okay. On to the next set of goals. You know what? Actually, one more personal goal. It's really kind of hit me lately. I've always wanted to get my PhD. Well, not always. I've been thinking about it for many, many years now. And it's something I'm considering. Now, I can't apply for the program I'm looking at until, well, it would be a year from now or a little bit before a year from now and to start in the fall of 2022. So it would be a little ways away. But I am looking at potentially taking a class, one class, a quarter, um, maybe starting, I don't know if I want to start as early as January, but maybe uh, in the spring quarter rather than the winter quarter. But I'm looking into that as well. Okay, the next set of goals parenting goals. So for some of you, your parenting goals might be staying calmer during chaos and conflict, working on those power struggles towards more cooperation, helping your kids be more responsible. My parenting goals are mostly about academics, and I've talked about this. They're about coaching and supporting my kids through their schooling and assignments, helping them become more independent, helping them know how to look, how to break down, set goals, 
especially for my oldest, for taking more responsibility for his assignments, staying on task, and getting him to a higher level of work. I also have begun working on giving him tools to improve his ELA skills. That's English language arts for those of you whose kids are super little and don't remember that term, or maybe it's new since you were in school. He has fallen behind in some areas. Getting him to read things that really challenge him and getting him to to read at all is a challenge. And it's not enough. His grammar and writing is also falling behind as well. And before I know it, this kid will be getting ready to take his PSATs. He's so bright. I want to make sure that his grades and college entrance exam scores match his potential. So I did some research, found a website that tests all these different skills, and then gives him tasks to do to fill in what he's missing, and then moves him ahead. It's really great. It's got all this list of skills that need to be done by grade. He did a whole assessment. And some of the scoring came up that a few of the skills were actually second and third grade level that he was missing. Just a couple here and there. So he's now going back and filling those in. I think he's actually filled in quite a few of them already. I told him I want him to blow his teachers away with his writing next semester. No more doing the minimum work and turning it in. He's a smart guy. He needs to start sharing more ideas, thinking more deeply, sharing more of these ideas and conclusions. I'm also working more on exposing all of them to different areas of learning and see what piques their interest, National Geographic shows, Scientific American magazines, that type of thing. Actually, my younger son Chandler is now really into Japanese culture, anything Japanese culture. So we were watching a National Geographic show together about Japan. So that was really fun. It's fun to sit down and watch some things with them and expose them to other types of things. I've also fallen behind on reading to them every night. So that's back on the schedule. And reading Every night, I talk about this in the reading and writing class, I believe, but reading to kids all the way through, up into high school even, is the single most important predictor of their reading and writing skills and college prep test scores than anything else that you can do. So keep reading to them. Okay, so if you fall off the bandwagon like me, Hopefully that's a little bit of incentive to get back onto reading. If you are super on it and you're reading every night, now you know what amazing things you're doing for them when you sit and read with them every night. So keep it up. Okay, today's question is about how to help a child who gives up so easily. This can be super frustrating to watch a child give up so easily. We all know life is tough, and the better we are at persevering and persisting through these challenges, the easier it will be for them, and the more chance of success they will have as well. So I will get into this topic right after a word from our sponsors. To me, there is nothing more important than my family's health and well-being. We all know the quality of the air in our home is important. But did you know indoor air quality can be up to 100 times dirtier than outdoor air? I've got to tell you about Puro Air. In 30 minutes, this device will remove allergens, dust, smoke, dander, and gases from the room. Puro Air uses a stronger filter called a HEPA-14 that filters pollutants at a microscopic level and is backed by scientists from Harvard and MIT. In laboratory studies, users saw noticeably cleaner air in just 30 minutes. When it comes to babies and children, there's nothing worse than dealing with a cranky baby or child who can't sleep because of congestion. 
air purifiers can help reduce congestion and improve immune system function to fight those winter colds and flus. I use my Puro Air purifiers to clean the air in my home, especially in our bedrooms while we sleep. It has a quiet, relaxing hum and cleans the air from pet dander, allergens, viruses, dust, mold, odors, and contaminants. It has four levels, low, medium, high, and sleep and four different timer options so you can customize it to your home and your needs. Check out Puro Air at getpuroair.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. Puro Air is the only air filter that uses a HIPAA 14 filter. That's getpuroair.com. Armoire makes getting dressed easy. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five-minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic, personalized closet. The styles show up at your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, just swap them out for more new-to-you styles. My favorite thing about Armoire is all the different style and occasion options from casual to athleisure to night out, work formal, work casual, a total of eight different occasions, three weather options, and 11 categories, including accessories, outerwear, and blazers, just to name a few. With Armoire, you can always have something new to wear without the hassle and closet clutter. You know the feeling. You open your closet, it's full, but you have quite literally nothing to wear. You're bored with everything in there. Enter Armoire. Armoire allows you to rent high-quality designer clothes for every occasion. Whether you're planning your outfit for date night, packing for a conference, or in need of a gown for a black tie event, you will be the best-dressed person in the room. Right now, my listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off the first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash parenting. That's armoire.style. A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash parenting to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. Now that we're back from the break, it's time to get in to help a child who gives up easily. So Amy wrote in to me and she said, hello, I just listened to your very first podcast ever after downloading it. You talk about children in their age brackets. My daughter is nine years old and wants to do everything. She has a great imagination. The problem is she doesn't follow through with anything. Or if I don't continually hold her hand to keep her motivated or force her, she would choose not to follow through or go to dance practice, piano lessons, or do the work that is required to earn a patch at a wanna club that she so desperately wants. I get so frustrated and it leads me to raising my voice and getting angry. I don't want my children to be slackers or not patient in getting past things that are just a little bit difficult. So I totally understand this. We can see the path, we see what happens, we know that this is a really important skill. So, you know, but kids can't see it. And so we get really frustrated with them because they can't see it. They can't understand how important it is. And it's hard to, relay that to them. So, you know, it's not, it's not surprising that sometimes parents who have kids who are really um, less persistent can really struggle with this. So in the class on temperament, I talk about several traits that can lead to this giving up easily. And one of the main ones is persistence. Persistence is the likelihood of sticking with a task through to completion. Some people will call it stubborn if they're highly persistent. I like to reframe it like I said, and call it perseverant or persistent. 
especially if you are this type or have this child type of child with this quality, it really is a positive thing, the perseverance or persistence, but it can get annoying. But as you can see, if you have a child who is less persistent, that also can be very frustrating as well. So when my daughter, I have a highly persistent, all my kids are, not all of them, two of them are highly persistent. Um, my oldest and my daughter. And when she was barely two, she insisted on buttoning her pants by herself. So this was just, I remember a few days really struggling with this. So what I ended up doing was getting her dressed first to allow her as much time as she needed to feel that she needed to have to work on the button. And she would usually take about 20 minutes to try to work on buttoning her own pants before she would come to me and say she needed my help. But it gave her that time to do that. So that's if you have a super highly persistent child, that that is something, uh, a tip that you can use for that. Now, I'm going to get to the less persistent in just a second, but just so we can see both ends of the spectrum here. A highly persistent child may have trouble taking no for an answer or, may, or stopping asking for something. They will stick with something until it's done. It's often, they're often considered stubborn, like I said, but we like to call it perseverant or persistent. Also, these children usually do well in school. On the other end of the spectrum, a less persistent child has trouble finishing tasks, but they do multitask well. They will give up on toys or tasks that feel too complicated or uninteresting for that. So here are some do's when you're working with a child who's low in persistence. You want to work on chores and activities together and be sure to scaffold. This means offering just enough support without doing it for them. Allow them to become a little frustrated to learn to work with it, but not so much they go over the brink. Now, this may take some trial and error as you will learn where that tipping point is for your child. So let's just use cleaning their room as an example. Let's say it's a mess and they're feeling overwhelmed. You want to ask your child where they could start, especially if you've got a nine-year-old. Um, I, I did this with my uh, oldest when he was five. I started this process with him when he was five, but I'm just going to use this as an example. Ask your child where they should start. If they don't know, you can offer a suggestion. How about putting all the books back on the shelf? What about the clothes? You can put them in two piles, a clean pile and a dirty pile. Once you get these two things complete, putting your clothes in two piles and the books on the shelf, come and get me. Now you may have to check back in a few times. If your child is really struggling, you may need to stay in the room with them and scaffold them even through that process. Try to give them as much freedom and leeway as you can to do it on their own, but if they're just overwhelmed and struggling, Help them through it without doing it for them to the degree that you is necessary. Once they have this complete, have them put the dirty clothes in the hamper. That's easy. Pick up the clothes, put those in the hamper. Help them fold the clean clothes. So something like, I'll fold these five shirts, you fold those three. So you're sitting there together, you're folding. They're not feeling overwhelmed. They have one small task in front of them. It's to fold three shirts. And they have you in the room doing it with them but you're not doing it all for them, right? You're not folding the shirts, handing it to them to put in the drawer. You're having them learn how to fold shirts as well. You wanna keep working in steps until it is complete. At each iteration, let them take on more on their own each time. The same can be done with any task, with homework, with a project, even with a fun one like a puzzle, an art kit, a science kit, or like the patch for the Awana Club. Working on those one step at a time, one task at a time, helping break it down. Next, you want to be patient. This is an important piece. You want to look for progress, not perfection. Take note of how and where they are improving in taking on more difficult tasks on their own over time. When they do, point it out. Last month, you needed a lot of my help to get through all the steps to cleaning your room. Now I'm only helping you fold a few clothes and you're doing all the rest on your own. That's very independent. 
Offer to help complete a fun project, such as building a fort, a train track, a block city. Because it's fun, they're not thinking about the difficulty behind it. You could add on to it more and more so that it's a little bit at a time building onto it. Oh, we just did this little fort. Let's add on to it. Let's add on to it. What could we do? Make it a little bit bigger and a little bit bigger. Whether it's a school assignment or projects or something for a fun or a hobby like the badge, you want to set goals together. Establish timelines for completing each step as well as the final goal. Then support. Scaffold by offering some support throughout without doing it for them. So with these badges, I'm assuming that Awana is the same as a lot of these others that they do. There's a lot of steps to it. So there's a final goal, but there's usually a lot of intermediate steps that you need to do, things you need to do and check off. You're going to go through those with her of what all the steps are and say, what should we work on this week? Okay, let's just work on this one piece this week. What do we need to complete this one task? What things do we need to get? Where do we need to go? You know, work on it together, help her work through it and then be there for her to support her as she works through that part of the project. You're gonna support scaffold by offering support throughout without doing it, giving just enough support to keep her moving forward. You wanna provide and encourage activities that do not have to be completed, such as blocks, Legos, dramatic props and play, that type of thing. If it's open-ended, they don't feel that pressure to have to complete something. So that can help also. Maybe if she does an art class, something that doesn't have to be completed. Now I guess she's doing dance class, so there is that also. And dance class is a good example of this. And I know you said she's struggling to stick with it. Do your best to encourage her. Keep her moving forward. Have some talks about it. Why she's struggling with going back. You also can point out her progress. So if there are certain skills that she's now able to do that she couldn't do before, remind her of that. Show her that. You couldn't do a backbend from a stand a couple months ago. Now you're doing that. Now you're almost able to do your back walkover. That's gymnastics, not dance. But anyway, you get the idea. Whatever that that skill is for dance. Show her and point out how she has improved. I know it's really hard to watch kids go from sport to sport, but sometimes with some kids, it may just be about finding the right fit, something that really grabs her interest, grabs her passion. I know it's really hard to like jump from one thing to the next, but you know, do your best to keep moving her forward. Do your best to keep having her um, continue on. But if something she's just not enjoying, it's okay to try something else. Ask her what else she wants to try. Now, we don't want to buy 10 instruments, that type of thing. We don't want to have to pay a bunch of fees to start this or start that. Have her try it out. You know, but if you if she signs up for a session of volleyball and it's three months long, you know what? She finishes out the three months. That's just how it is. And explain that to her when she starts. Okay, you go to the free trial, you go to a couple classes and pay for them and try them. But then you have to let her know, okay, you know what? This volleyball class is a commitment for six weeks. So we are going to do the whole six weeks. Are you sure you want to do this? And just make sure it's a commitment. And she has to stick with it. You want to provide quick things, puzzles and activities, give descriptive praise upon completion. Things like being independent, being perseverant. This gives a child a feeling of accomplishment and encouragement that can help impress the importance of the accomplishment so that over time she will learn to persist through longer tasks. You want to encourage short-term projects like short card games, small art projects, or maybe a one-time class and see how that goes as well. 
In addition to these tips, I recommend another couple of classes on the website. Self-Esteem 5 Plus, now this helps a child build a strong foundation for self-esteem because sometimes that can hold kids back from continuing to try or push through something. So it's good to make sure that this is in place. Now girls particularly struggle with self-esteem. Studies show that for girls on average, self-esteem peaks at age nine. That's not good. So we wanna fix that trend for sure. This is on a whole societal level, but we definitely want to work on that with our individual girls and really work on that self-esteem with them. The other class, Growth Mindset, is also chock full of information and tips for helping children build the resiliency that comes from a growth mindset. Research shows a growth mindset must be explicitly taught. Kids do not learn growth mindset from just modeling adults who have it. Lastly, a couple of books I recommend, and they're workbooks actually. I had my kids work on these 30 minutes a day last summer, so these may be helpful as well. Big Life Journal, which is really good for kids up to 10, maybe 11. Then there's another one, uh, Big Life Journal Teen Edition for 11 or 12 plus. Another one is The Confidence Code for Girls. It's another good workbook for building self-esteem, growth mindset, and therefore some more persistence and perseverance as well. For more on classes that may help with your parenting resolutions, such as Peaceful Parenting Part 1 and 2, Power Struggles, Raising Responsible Kids, Family Organization, Teaching Growth Mindset, Self-Esteem 0 to 5 and 5 Plus, Temperament, and all the other 60 parenting classes, visit the website at yourvillageonline.com. If you have a parenting question you'd like answered, send an email to podcast at yourvillageonline.com. The happiest of New Year's to everyone. Thanks for listening and see you next week. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.